Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. text this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. They came to Jericho, and as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So we have two cats. The first one is Ansel. He is a long-haired cat. He's black and white. Hence the name Ansel after Ansel Adams. Um, he's about 11, long-haired, as I said. He is beautiful. He has a beautiful set of eyes. And the thing is, he knows it. He knows he's beautiful. And then there is Pedro. Pedro is 19 years old. He is a short-haired cat. We think um, he is a British fold, or at least he has that characteristic um, in his genes. We adopted him about seven years ago, and he is a unique cat for many reasons. He is a cat that has FIV, which is the feline version of um, HIV. And sometimes those cats, they're very hard to to adopt because people are afraid. And the fact is those cats are like any other cats. They can live their lives. They just have this one thing that they're dealing with. Well, we felt that he was being ignored at the shelter and we wanted to give him a home, so we did. And, and there was also kind of a selling point is that he has these beautiful kind of copper eyes. And so you look up and it's like, how could you not adopt him? We have to take him. He has to take him home. So a month ago, we took both the cats for their checkup at the vet. And both of the cats didn't have very many problems. You know, they were considered a little bit overweight, which is probably not unusual for cats in the United States. But the exam revealed something in Pedro that we hadn't even known. The vet said Pedro had no vision in either eye. Pedro is blind. 
And the vet was matter of fact in saying this, which meant in some ways it wasn't unusual for a cat that is Pedro's age. And in human years, Pedro is around the early 90s. But that didn't stop us from being heartbroken about it. How could our dear Pedro live now that he can't see? So in the weeks since he's been at the vet, we've kind of noticed a few things. The fact is, Pedro is still able to walk. He still walks around. And he seems to be able to walk about the house. He goes upstairs. He seems to know where his food is. He seems to know where his cat beds are located and even where the litter boxes are most of the time. And like I said, he walks up the stairs. He used to go up and sit so he could look out, but of course he can't see anymore. So now these days he actually is, um, he finds a little cubby hole in the cat tree. And so that's where he holds up. It's probably a place for him that is warm. Again, if you're in your early 90s, you want a place that's warm. He basically has this mind map that can tell him where to make his way around the house. Now, it's not perfect. All the time when he's walking, he can sometimes, you'll see him walking and basically walk into a wall. He'll bonk his head, but then he'll turn around and he'll keep going. And he just keeps doing this. I mean, he is still willing to venture out, even though it means he's going to bonk his head a few times. Now, of course, there are limitations. There are certain things now he can't do anymore. He doesn't get up to take naps on that chair, a high chair that looks out onto the front lawn. He doesn't leap up into my lap as I'm watching television. But for the most part, he uses his ears and he uses his nose to help him see. What it comes down to is that Pedro is walking in faith. And Pedro's faith is one, as I said, that includes a lot of missteps. I mean, he, as I said, walks into walls several times. But the fact is he has to walk in faith. He has to trust in order to find food to eat or to find that place where he can hide out. He has to, he remembers how to get there and he is willing to risk making the wrong turn somewhere. We discount faith in our culture. We want to truly believe in the things that we can measure, the things that are assured. And we want to believe that anything that happens in our life is up to us. And yet, our story today talks about faith that tells us what it means to be faithful in a culture when no one 
has faith in you, let alone faith in God. Our text for today reminds me about something. Throughout all of the Gospels, when Jesus heals someone, he tells some, something, he says something that is about the same. Basically, that there, it was their faith that healed them. Now, I've always found that a little bit weird. In fact, that I thought that Jesus was being a bit modest because, you know, his, their faith healed them. I thought you kind of did that. I mean, you were the one that gave them sight or helped them walk up from the dead. But there is this connection between healing and faith or salvation and faith. So he says, you know, in, in, in Mark 5 and in Matthew 10, the woman with the issue or the, the blood condition, that she, her, it was her faith, her faith in touching his garment that heals her. And this story, again, is told again in Luke chapter 18. The phrase is used there again. His faith has healed him. Matthew 15, there's a Gentile woman that is asking, that is begging for her daughter to be healed. And he responds by saying, great is your faith, and she is healed. And in Matthew 8, Jesus encounters a Roman centurion. Again, begs for a servant of his that is sick. And Jesus says that he has found no one in Israel more faithful than this man who was not Jewish. He was an outsider. Faith and healing, faith and salvation, those things are linked. It almost seems like, in some ways, Jesus can't do anything unless the people have put their trust in him. And Bartimaeus is this example of someone of great faith. And in some ways, he had to be. Since he was blind, he had no means of survival except begging at the side of the road. And you have to wonder, did the people of Jericho give him change? We don't know. Probably some did. Probably some ignored him. We'd, it had to be rough sitting on that side of the road, hoping against hope that someone, anyone, would give you some spare change. So maybe that's why he started to yell to Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Because frankly, he had nothing to lose acting the fool. He had heard about Jesus, and he heard about Jesus healing and he believed that Jesus was the one that could heal him. Maybe the hardest people around today to have faith in God tend to be pastors. I should know. We tend to, we tend to say we believe in God we tend to say that we believe in grace. But we also feel sometimes that it's all up to us. 
that we have to do something to make everything go well. And we think that we have to be the best little pastor in all the world. We say that we believe in God, but the reality is we can be functional atheists. Again, I should know. And that's why Bartimaeus is so intriguing and so fascinating, because he believes that Jesus could make a difference in his life, because, frankly, he can't. He can't make his life better. The only person that could change his life is the Son of God, and he believed that God would enter into his day-to-day life where he couldn't see and give him sight. Do we believe that Jesus is truly present in our lives? Do we trust that God is with us when we face challenging times? And do we believe that the only person that can change our lives is Jesus the Christ? Last week when Amy was preaching, she um, was interesting that she talked about the fact and was heartened by our community, by our faithfulness. And I found that fascinating. Here is this small gathering of believers, and she was heartened by us gathering and being faithful. And there is something to be said about being faithful, about coming to church for worship, about taking part in the Lord's Supper and praying for one another and for caring for those in need around us. Being faithful is difficult because sometimes you can even wonder, is God there? But it is the sense as we live out our lives, both individually and corporately as this faith community, day in and day out, that we know, even when we feel that God isn't there, that God is making a difference in our lives. We live in incredibly challenging times. Our culture is incredibly divided. There are many people that worry, will our democracy last? And churches are coming back to worship, but with less people. Some people have just left. And the fact is, of the matter, we seem to be, as a culture, angrier and angrier than ever before. And all of that makes us anxious, and we are longing for some sense of security. And the answer to all of this isn't to fall into nostalgia. It isn't into falling into some new program or to be more busy. But it is to remain faithful to God. It is to gather for worship on a weekly basis. It is to take part in communion where we remember Christ's death. It is to pray for each other, 
to pray and pray for the world. It is to be faithful in welcoming the stranger, and it is to be faithful in caring for the poor. We don't do any of this to be to get points, brownie points. We do this because we believe in a God that can make a difference in our lives, just as Bartimaeus believed in a God that could make him see. Pedro is living by faith. His world now is very chaotic, but he continues to do what he needs to do, having faith that he can find things like his food or his bed to take a nap. May Pedro and Bartimaeus be examples of being faithful to God And may you and I remember that we are not saved by our works, but by our faith in a God that is always faithful. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L.org. May God be with you in the coming week.